Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. Are you ready for the Word of God? All right. Praise the Lord. In your bulletin, you should have a few things in there, but one of the things you have in there would be uh, what we call a review. And that review, uh, let's look at it a little bit. Uh, it's in your bulletin. If you look at your review, uh, if you look at your review, then I'm going to change over to the handheld. Okay. We have started teaching on what we call faith without works is dead. And we started in James when we started this message 13 messages ago. And it's, it's really important. Faith is very important. I mean, it is so important. It's so important that God has stated in his word in Hebrews chapter 11, around verse 6, that without faith it's impossible to please him. And if it's impossible to please him without faith, that means that we want to please God, so therefore we need to have faith. We'll be talking about a few of those uh, messages in our action steps. So we're going to go right into the title of our message today, which is Always Connect Privilege with Practice. Always connect privilege with practice. Now, practice, of course, is like action. It's like doing something. Uh, so let's talk a little, little bit about privilege. Is it a privilege to be in the body of Christ? Yes, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. What do we have in Christ? When we give our lives to Christ and our life is hid with Christ in God, as the scripture says, we have God in us, the hope of glory. We have the Holy Spirit in us. What, and, and God is, the Holy Spirit is God. So what do we really have? Do we have any privileges? That, that means, that we, do, we, do we have any, any things that are really are advantages? That, that, that's what I mean by privileges. Do we have any advantages? Not in, in rights, per se, but just privileges. We have the privilege of going boldly into the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace at a time of need, don't we? Whereas before, we didn't have that. We didn't have that before. Only the high priest could go in there once a year, uh, and, and, and uh, then with blood, his own blood. But no, Jesus, when he, when he um, died, I mean, the, the veil was split in, in half, and now, oh, my goodness, we can now go boldly to the throne of grace. And I said, oh, that's good. That's a privilege, isn't it? It's a privilege to fellowship with God because fellowship was broken, wasn't it? It was broken when Adam sinned. So, therefore, we were separated from God. But now we have the privilege of being able to fellowship with God, to commune with him, to be in his presence, don't we? Here on earth. Oh, there's so many privileges. 
we have a privilege of, of God being the, the creator. I mean, he is the creator, and he's our God. He's our father. We have the privilege of, of almighty God who put everything into existence. Everything you see is made by God, and we have him as our father, the creator of the universe. We have the Father as our protector, don't we? He protects us. He's our healer, is he not? He's our sanctifier. He's our righteousness, isn't he? Come on, isn't he? Oh, yes, he is. He's our refuge, isn't he? He's our comforter. What is it that he is not for us? He's everything, isn't he? Everything we have need of. I suppose we need compassion. Oh, he's the compassionate one, isn't he? Oh, he's the compassionate one. Suppose we need mercy. Oh, he's the merciful one, isn't he? My goodness, our God is an awesome God, isn't it? Isn't that song that they sing? Oh, it's so good. He's an awesome God. And we have the privilege, the privilege of, of, of being his children. I don't care what kind of father or mother we had when we were growing up. I don't care how good they were or how, uh, uh, you know, insufficient they were. We know that we have a heavenly father that's totally good. Isn't he good? Oh, he's good. <laughs> he is good. Now, with privilege comes responsibility, doesn't it? You don't give people the privilege of, let's say, uh, having your checkbook, your checking account, your car keys, the keys to your house. You don't give somebody that privilege and there's no responsibility with it, do you? No, you, there's some responsibility to go with it. We're privileged today, we're talking about practice. We're privileged comes practice. If God is all that to us, which he is, then it should be some practice. That should go along with that, should connect with that privilege, shouldn't it? Or those privileges. Should be some practices. If he's our refuge, if he's our provider, if he's our sanctifier, if he's our righteousness, if, if he's our, you know, the compassionate one, if he's our consoler, then we need to practice then those things that he gives to us. We need to practice that. Let's give you some little things that we want to practice as a culminating, some culminating activities to the message that we are teaching. You remember the last series I taught? It was called Together Loving for the Gospel's Sake. At the end of those eight messages, or the eighth message, what I did was I gave us two practical things to practice or to do. One of those things was to show love for the people, for the children who are, who are serving the children by giving them some relief, by helping them, by volunteering to uh, take a turn, maybe uh, two turns over the course of a year, to do that, to show love. And I'm so happy to say people volunteered 
and we have that covered. Not that it's going to always be covered because we have people who move different places and things like that. But people step forward, you step forward, met the need. That's good. That's good. That was an action step that was a practical something that you did. We said also we want to put some feet to what we call togetherness or unity. We said we needed computers for the soundboard for the offices and things like that. And we said we need about $3,000 to cover that. You did that. You stepped forward. You gave. And they were covered. The, the, the computers are bought there. You see that, that great thing sitting back there now, the Apple computer. That's it. We have a new program. It's working good. You did it. You stepped forward. That's, God is pleased with that. Today, I'm going to give us five, well, really four things today. Four things today. And you said, well, it was two last time. You mean, you, you, well, it's, there's only eight messages now. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was 12 messages. <laughs> Which I think you, I think you will want to do these things because it pleases God. Because you really, really want to do them anyway. Let's talk about one of them. Everyone, everyone, this is to everyone now, everyone, God has called us to increase our faith in him. Faith is, is trust, is belief in God. He wants us to increase it. Is there any doubt that that's true? No doubt at all. No doubt at all. So everyone can do that. Now, we want to do that by doing a few things. I'll give you a couple of things that you can do to do that. It says in the word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by, complete it for me, the word of God. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which God says, that means we need to be in the presence of hearing the word of God, don't we? You can hear it on, on multiple sources here in the United States. It can be your iPhone. It can be, uh, you know, CD. It can be a, a DVD. It can be a radio program. It can be a TV program. It can, it can be uh, you reading the Word of God. It can be listening to the sound of the person who's teaching you up here. Uh, you're going to hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Also, I believe that if we're going to increase our faith, we're going to have to step out of the boat. We're going to have to step out of the boat. And who stepped out of the, out of the boat in the scripture? Okay. We, <laughs> okay, we won't, we won't make comments on that. Okay. Peter said, hey, if, if it's you, bid me to come. Is that correct? And what, what did you say? Come. Come. He stepped out of the boat. What happened to the others? What were they doing? They were, they were sitting in the boat watching. What, weren't they? I believe that Peter's faith increased. Increased exponentially. Increased. Because he walked on water. You cannot... You cannot increase your faith by staying 
in the boat. When Jesus says to do something, you ask him a question, and don't we ask him questions? Jesus, help me, uh, help my children, help my finances, help my marriage, help my job, help my, come on, don't we? And if he says, come, or if he says, do this, if he says, do that, what is he expecting us to do? Do it. Step out of the boat. He's not going to allow you to die. Because once you step out of the boat, even if your eyes get a little bit off of him like Peter did and start to sink, Jesus is there to do what? Oh, to lift you up and put you back in the boat. You can't lose with Jesus. You can't lose. So we're going, to have to, we're going to have to step out of the boat in things. And there's no, when I say step out of the boat, I don't mean on presumption. I don't mean on something false. I mean step out on the boat, out of the boat on the word of God. Because Jesus said come. Now, if it, if it was, was one of the other ones, uh, maybe... Uh, that is one of them, anybody else said, James, any of them said, hey, Peter, jump out of the boat. No, uh-uh. don't you jump out of the boat when somebody else says something. You jump out of the boat when Jesus says something, when, when your father says something. Now you can get out because now you're on solid ground. I don't care how liquid the water is, you're on solid ground with Jesus. Oh, yeah. Those are some of the things that we can do individually when we are going to increase our faith. Now, let's go to another area. There are other things, but, you know, let's go to another area. Number one was action point. That's all everybody, every single person in here, work on increasing your faith. That's me. That's everybody. There's no one in here, no one, zilch, who doesn't need a faith increase. Not one. So we all need to be doing that, don't we? We all need to be doing that. And we're going to be blessed. You know why I know we're going to be blessed? Because the Word of God says so. The Word of God says so. That's why I know you're going to be blessed. When, 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 when the ways of man... Please the Lord. He makes all his enemies at peace with him. That's what Proverbs said. So I know that when we please the Lord, and without faith you can't please him, so that means with faith we do please him. That means that he makes all our enemies at peace with him. And we have a gigantic enemy. The devil. The devil. And he will make even his the devil get back. When we say, devil, get back. Flee. Move. I'm resisting you. That's what the script said. God will cause him to flee. He will. Just resist the devil and he'll flee. Let's go to another one. But I like that one. I like that one. 
Do you know the extraordinary things, that was one of the titles of the message, happens with great faith? Extraordinary things happen with great faith. Was it extraordinary for Peter to walk on water? Extraordinary. Was it extraordinary when we talked about Abel and Cain? Was it extraordinary when we talked about Enoch? Was it extraordinary when we talked about Abraham? Was it extraordinary when he takes Enoch up and he didn't taste death? Did you? Was it extraordinary? Extraordinary. Extraordinary, Abraham. Extraordinary, Sarah. Wasn't it? Extraordinary. How many, you know, 90-year-olds do you know having children? Extraordinary, right? Extraordinary. How many, how many people you know that, that say they're prophets, that, that, that there's chariots of fire come and take them away? Extraordinary. Extraordinary things happen with great faith. Everybody can do that, can't we? Is that a good action step? Okay. Two. Fathers. Fathers. I know a lot of you are not fathers. But I know that a lot of you men want to be fathers at some point in time. Is that right? Fathers. I want you to practice being Practice stepping forward to being more of a spiritual lead in your household. More of a spiritual lead. I didn't say you weren't a spiritual lead. I said more of a spiritual lead. You remember that, that we, we talked about Father's Day? Father's Day? Yeah. You remember that? You got that, right? You got this. You got it. Well, our action step is to, let's practice it. Let's practice it. In order to practice, practice it, you must, as fathers, we must get in the Word of God and know it. You can't lead in areas you don't know. Do, do, oh, oh, is that correct? If we're going to lead our wives, if we're going to lead our children, we have to know the Word of God. We already told you that the wives, they're going to they're gonna submit to you and everything. We already told you that the children are going to obey you, the parents, they're going to Honor their father and mother. We already said that you don't have no opposition except the devil. And we said, already said, if you start working on your faith, even the devil going to be all right with you for a season. And every time he comes, you just tell him to flee. Let's practice that. Let's practice memorizing the word. Let's practice confessing the word. Let's, let's, let's practice uh, talking about the word in, in the household. Let's, let's make sure the children are having a devotional time. Let's make sure you are having a devotional time. Let's make sure your wife is having a devotional time because we said, Father, you're supposed to create an environment where your wife is going to uh, be all that God has called her to be. Is that a good action step, wives? The wives don't think it's a good action step. Wives, I know you don't want milk toasters. You remember what I said a milk toast was? Piece of toast. Nice butter on it and everything. Not margarine, butter. Dipped in milk. And what do you have when you put it out? No, no, need, no, need, no need to call it toast anymore, is it? Women, do you want men to be more of a spiritual lead in the household? Okay.
All right. There's no need to be scared. You're in church. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> she's not gonna. She's not gonna smack you in church. <laughs> three. Number three. Number one was what? Come on, let's go. Increase your faith. Everybody. Number two. Fathers practice being a spiritual leader. Three. Mothers. Mothers. I want you to, you remember the message, I'm talking about the message on Mother's Day. I want you to, since you already know that you should have faith when you pray because God, uh, you know, he holds women very, very special and you have so much um, emotion and, 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 and just the ability to go before God and, and like, like no man usually can do. And, I mean, you just weep before God and you, you emotional in this thing. Oh, my goodness. You can pray and pray. I would like for mothers to increase their prayer for their families, for your children, for your uh, husband, if you have one, mothers, uh, some people are single parents, and for your, you, singles can practice this, can't you? Women who are singles, you can practice that, start praying for your mate, you know, things like that. You can practice that. I want you to increase it in, a, in any way you want to increase it, but increase it. I know you pray. If you're a mother, I know you pray because you have children. I know you pray. I'm saying increase it a little bit, just a little bit. Whatever God leads you to do, a little bit. Now, this is how I want you to increase it, increase it though. I want you to increase it by praying the word of God over your children. Because we, we normally pray what we want to pray over. Right? God, help them to be, start listening to me. Help them to do, you know, we, we, uh, you know the education, this or that. We, we, we normally pray those, those, those things that are in the natural, don't we? We're going to pray that. So I'm not going to touch that. Keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's fine. I want you to add to it, though, the word. There are some great prayers in the, in the Bible. Great. I mean, Paul prayed some awesome prayers for the church. You can pray it for, your, for your, your children. Pray it. Pray it. Uh, <laughs> one of them would be a good one in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9 going about 12, something, somewhere like that. That's a, that's a very good one to pray. You don't have to turn to it. It's not in my notes, but I just want to, you know, if you want to turn to it, you can, though. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to rule you. Got, you got one of these devices, man. Hit it quick. That's fine. No problem with me. Pray it. I mean, it's a great prayer. I mean, it's an out-of-sight prayer. Anybody know that prayer? Great prayer. Great prayer. And I like to pray that prayer because um, I think one time in service, I asked y'all to learn that prayer. I know I asked my, um, the, the, the people in our women's when we had a discipleship group 
uh, kind of a leadership group women. I know I asked them that then because it's really good. And just pray it. Father, I pray that my child, call him by name, will be filled, be filled with the knowledge of you. Is that a good one? That's a good one. I mean, it's just so great. Um, put it on the put it on the board for for him, uh, if you can, Ivy. I didn't tell you that, so I mean, you can throw it up there if you want to. It's a great one, a great prayer. Through all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you might walk worthy of Him, pleasing in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, <laughs> increasing in the knowledge of You. I mean, that's a great prayer. Great prayer. Strengthen with all power according to your glorious might that you might attain to all perseverance and long suffering. Joyfully giving thanks to you that you qualify us to share in, in the inheritance of the saints and light. You deliver us from the power of darkness. Translate us into the kingdom of your dear son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin. Ah, that's a great prayer. Come on, it's a great prayer. It's a great prayer. Great prayer. Great prayer. And I try to pray that over my daughters five days a week. That, that prayer. Along with other word of God prayers. Because the word of God would not return void. But it shall accomplish that which we please. It shall prosper to the thing which you we send it. The word of God is forever settled in heaven, isn't it? So why not pray the word? I guarantee you, their education will be fine. Their attitude will be fine. If, they, if that prayer becomes life for them and they walk in it. <laughs> Woo. Awesome, isn't it? Awesome. That's number three. What was number one? Increase your faith. Number two? Fathers, we want you to increase your spiritual leadership in home. Three, mothers, I want you to increase your, your prayers for your children by praying the word of God. Four, for everybody, everyone, I would like for you to what we call, what I would call, I want you to economize in order to give more. You remember that, the message? <laughs> I want you to economize to be able to give more. Everybody. Now, now if you're you know, a millionaire, you don't have to economize. You don't. You don't. Economize to give more. Let's look at a couple of scriptures there because we're going to talk about uh, under this area right here, there was a four. One, two, three, four. That was it. We're going to talk about some areas of giving that we want to go for, and you have it in your bulletin. Uh, one, let's go to let's let's go to Proverbs chapter twenty-four, verse eleven. Let's go there. Now, in Proverbs twenty-four, verse eleven. This is something that 
when I say I want you to economize to pay to give more, you say, oh, no, he's talking about giving. It was okay talking about increasing our faith. It was okay to talk about, you know, the, the, the fathers increasing their spiritual leaders in the household. It was okay to talk about the uh, mothers praying a little bit more for the kids and praying the word of God. But, oh, don't talk about giving. Well, Jesus gave everything, didn't he? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. But anyway, listen, listen to this. Verse 11. Deliver those who are being taken away to death. He said deliver them, didn't he? He said deliver them. And those who are staggering to the slaughter, oh, hold them back. If you say, see, we didn't know this. Does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? And does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? In other words, God sees all, and he says, hey, I want you to, you are the body of Christ. I am one who wants to deliver people from destruction. So if you are my body, I want you to deliver people from destruction. So when we're talking about these Areas like trafficking and things like that. We, we got to deliver some people, right? We got to do that thing. God is expecting us to do that. You say, well, I don't have any more money to give. You squeeze everything out of me. Well, let's look at Isaiah. That's a good one here. Isaiah 58. Let's go there. Verse 6. I think that's a good one. And it says, is this not the fast which I have chosen? In other words, if I don't have anything, what I can do is I know he has already told me he gives seed to soil and bread for eating. I already know that. And, and I, I know that it's a good thing to fast sometime for the proper reason. Now, here's what he says. Is this not the fast which I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, you cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your Recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your real regard, or your real God. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pouring of the finger and the speaking wickedness, and if you give yourself to the hungry, satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness, and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a water garden and a life like a spring of water whose waters do not that's the kind of fast he wants us to do. If, if, with what I'm going to share with you in a few minutes, this is just one way. 
one way to get just a little bit more money. Just a little bit more money. Because, because if I fast one time a week for four weeks, I might have at least $5. What do you think? Just $5. I might have a little $5. I don't eat much. I eat like a bird. You know? <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's a lie. I eat, I eat hearty. <laughs> but I eat also moderately. Yeah, yeah I, I do. I do. I do. I really do. Minerva can tell you. I do. And if I go to a buffet, you can forget it. You can forget it. <laughs> let's go to another scripture. Let's, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Let's go there. And in there, he, he tells us something else here. This, this is really good. I mean, this is really, 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 really good. Really, really, really good. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And... From the first of all your produce. Now, we know that we are not agricultural. We have jobs and things like that. Not, we don't have gardens and things like that. But he wants to honor him with the first of it. The first. Whatever we make, the first of it. So, your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, God says... You know, when I tell you to when I tell you to do something, there there are some advantages with this thing. I'm not just telling you this just to be just so you won't have anything, so you'll be a poor. No, no, no. I'm I want to bless you. I want to bless you. That's what he said. Let's look at another one. Oh do you know that Leviticus chapter twenty seven, verse thirty do you know what it says? Let's look at it. Let's see what it says. Now, they, they are, again, they are an agricultural community. And they said here, Thus all the tide of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is yours. Is that right? Is whose? The Lord's. It is holy to the Lord, he says. That's what he says. Now, I know what you say, and we'll deal with that in a minute. Let's go to another one, and then we'll deal with that. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Let's go there. Verse 6, let's go there. All of you know it. You know it by heart. Some of you probably ripped it out of your Bible. But anyway, uh, this one is pretty good. It says, you didn't do that. I know you don't do that. It says in verse 6, For I, the Lord, do not change. And we quote that a lot, don't we? Well, suppose I told you, that's Old Testament. That was actually given to by the law. You said, oh, no, that's a good scripture, man. I like that. That's a good scripture. The Lord, he, don't, he doesn't change. He said, therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed, meaning that he's merciful. That's what it means. That's what it means in that, that particular verse right there. It means that he's merciful. They're not consumed. Even though in the first part of Malachi, they were not doing what they were supposed to do. They were offering blind sacrifices and crippled sacrifices to the Lord. They were holding back on them, all those type of things. He, he, he was just saying here that uh, I don't change. I'm a merciful God. I'm a compassionate God. You know, uh, I'm for you. 
But he says, verse 7, From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Are you a curse? We'll say curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. So it's talking to the nation of Israel. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me. Now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then you will rebuke the devourer for you. I will rebuke him. I will do it. I will do it. You don't have to do that. I will do it so that it may not destroy the fruits of your ground. And you could say to your job, you can say, you know, uh, a lot of things. Your children, you can say a lot of different things. Nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord. You know, the Lord wants the church of the living God, his church, to be a church that blesses people. He, he, we can't bless anybody if we're not blessed. He wants us to do that. Now, let's deal with what, what we're talking about. That's the Old Testament. That's the law. There was a law in Leviticus. That was the law. We know this is law. We're not an uh, agriculture community. We're not a one nation. Israel, we don't bring the whole tide into this one particular storehouse, whether it's shallow, wherever it is. We don't do that. We have different storehouses and things like that. But let me tell you, the word in the New Testament says that all the law and the prophets are, are, are really summed up in this. What is it? Love God you, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? If you want to boil it down to one, it says in Galatians, I want you to love others as I have loved you. Well, in, in, uh, really, that's in, in, in John also. But love your neighbor in, in, in Galatians, that's one. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Now, if that's all the law and prophets, the Ten Commandments, some of, uh, they still good, good. I mean, this is all the law and the prophets or some of these. How much love are we showing if we don't show compassion on the poor? How much love are we showing if, if, if we don't have the finances in the house of God to do the things we need to do? That's why we asked you about the computers and you gave to it because that was the only way we are going to get them. That was a good thing, right? Good thing. Yeah. God doesn't want us to, 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 to lose anything, does he? That he gives you, he wants you to maintain that he gives you. Okay, let's end up in, in um, the scripture in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Let's go there. This is where we left off at one particular time. Uh, it was probably two messages ago before Father's Day. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you, you remember uh, they were trying to get an offering. They were getting an offering for the church in Jerusalem, the poor saints in Jerusalem. And the Macedonians, they were giving and all that kind of stuff. And, and he was letting them know that, hey, I want you to be ready to give and all those type of things. Then he sums it up in verse 6 on down. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Now I say this, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also what? Reap bountifully. Each one must do as he has purpose in his heart, not grudgingly 
all under compulsion. So God does not want anybody to give if, if your heart is not in it, does he? If you don't want to give, don't give then. Don't give. He says here, for God loves a cheerful giver. So it is against the word of God for me or the elders or anybody else to try to squeeze money out of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because he says he don't want you to give grudgingly, right? He says that, now, if you do now, give bountifully. He says, I'm able to make all grace abound towards you. Do you know grace is favor? Do you know that grace is ability? It's ability. He gives you the enablement to do whatever it is. Without the enablement, do you know I couldn't do anything? And you couldn't either. Nothing could we do if we didn't have the enablement by God. That's grace, too. I know you said grace is unmerited favor, but grace is ability. It's ability. I'm standing up here today because of grace. You're here today because of grace. He's, he's, he's able to make all grace abound towards you. Then he says, <laughs> so that always, so that you always have an all-sufficiency in everything. He wants us to have sufficiency in everything. Why? Why does he want that? So that you may, what? Abound to every good work. In other words, I want you to give, and when you give abundantly, I'm going to give back to you. And as you give, Because I want you to have more. I want you to have more so you can give more. Because there's plenty of needs out there, isn't it? There are plenty of needs out there. And God, he provides the needs. Didn't he heal everybody? A lot of times he healed everybody. God is good. Did it, did, didn't he? He died for the, he died for the whole world, didn't he? Yeah, he says he, he said he died for the whole world. But you have to, you know, you have to give your life to him to, to receive that. Then he says, it, as it is written, he has scattered abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endure forever. He said, now he who supplies seed to the sower. Who supplies seed? God. If you say, I don't have anything to give, you are saying something against the word of God. The God said that, and now he who supplies seed to the sower. You say, well, if I sow it, I won't have bread. No, 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 no. It's against the word of God. He said, and bread for food. Then what did he say also? And I will multiply your seed. Why will he multiply your seed? It says, for what? For sowing. And I'll increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all, for what? For all liberality, so you can be a giver, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. See, because people are, are, are saying, like here, here, here it says in, in uh, verse 13, because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know that if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be given, doing good deeds, given to help others, because God does that. And thanksgiving to go for God, because there are people who are waiting to, they're crying out to God for help. 
They're crying out to somebody, help me. And God helps. He helps. He sent the, he sent the, the, the prophet to the, to the woman. Okay, now let's put the, the three things we're going to do and close it up in our giving. Now, I said we're going to do what now? We're going <laughs> to, number one, we're going to do what now? Come on. What we're going to do? Increase our faith. Number two. Okay, the Father's going to increase their spiritual uh, leadership. Three, Mother's going to pray the word of God over, over their families and children, husbands, and whatnot. Four, economize to be able to give more. Okay, where are we going to give to? Okay, now, now in your bulletin you have that we, we as a congregation, you see those areas in the bulletin we give to already? We give to the voice of the models. We give to a light to Israel. We give to feed the children. We give to Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center. We give to um, World Challenge, the feeding uh, the hungry. You know, uh, they, they have a they're reaching out to the prostitute. They're reaching out to people. We, we're giving. We're giving. We're giving already. But I believe God wants us to increase our giving. That's all I'm saying. And I gave you some areas. I said you can't give towards it. That Sunday, you remember that was a couple, three Sundays ago. This Sunday, you can't give towards it either. But I'm just, all I'm doing is just giving you what we're going to start next month. Okay. In your bulletin, you have something that's called a handout. And it's, it's, it's the trafficking. We, we showed you a video on it, right? Our goal is to help save 10 children from the horrors of sexual slavery. Is that a bad thing? No, it's a good thing, isn't it? Now, you see in your bulletin down here on the handout that it takes $1,280 to save 10 of them, right? 10 children. We're talking about to reach, to rescue, okay, uh, to do that, to restore. Because not only do they want to save them, but they do want to lead them to the Lord. We want to do 20 children. 20. That's $2,560 if you add, add $1,280 twice. That's what we want to do over the next 12 months. Over the next 12 months. Also, uh, I don't have to, those who weren't here, uh, didn't see the video, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing for, horrible thing for people to take little children not even a year old, and put them in sex slavery. It's a horrible thing. We need to do something about it because it's here in the United States also. We need to do something about it. Okay, another thing we said we want to do, I showed you about clean water. That there are, 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 are countries that don't have clean water. They are washing, they're clothes in it, they're bathing in it, they are, uh, the animals are drinking it, and then they are drinking that same water. And they are, you see that the, Results here, it says right here over 80, 800 million people lack access to clean water worldwide. Every 20 seconds, a child dies from a waterborne illness. Since the year 2000, Water for Life has drilled and established over 3,500 wells. And it says $48 provides clean water for 10 people for years to come. And what I would like for us to do is to provide a half of a well. He said, what is a half of a well going to do? Uh, it is put together with the rest of the people all around the nation who are giving also, and we drill a well. 
We can help drill a well. That's what we want to do. Now, of course, one-fourth of a well is $1,200. A half a well would be how much? 2400 Okay. Now, if you add those two things together, the 2400 and the 2000 over here, 560 you have somewhere like $5,960, somewhere like that. Let's say $5,000. You say, well, we're going to get $5,000, man. Have you looked around and saw, man, that, that we don't have a lot of us in here, man. And what you're going to try to do, wring it out of us? You already said you're not going to do that. Okay, here, here's, here's a way. A way that we can do it. Do you know we have more than, more than, more than 75 adults, just adults in this congregation? More than. A lot more than. But it's just 75. If we just, 75 people gave $5 a month. A month. You know what I tell you about fasting? But you can, you know, I can, I cannot eat one pizza during the course of a month because sometimes we, we buy pizza on Friday so when everyone had to cook anything, uh, you know, the, the meat lovers, you know. <laughs> it costs more than five dollars. You know, do you have a ten dollar deal? It's eleven something with tax would be twelve something. If I if I didn't do that, I did. We, we did it when last Friday. Last Friday we did that. If I didn't do that this last Friday, do you know that I would have the five dollars? Just one, just one, just one time. I could I could do all the other things I've been doing. Just one time. $5. $5. Because 5 times 75 equals about what? Well, 5 times 5 is what? 25. Right? 5 times 7 is what? 35 times 37. That's $375, right? Times 10 is what? 3750 right? And you add the two more months. You got about $4,500 right there. And another thing we're going to do, you know the coffee ministry that we have? It was for the uh, American Heritage Girls. We're still, we're still going to uh, pay the, our what we call charter fee, which is $195 a, a year. We're going to still do that. But for this year... We already have the money to do that for this year, next year. We have that from the coffee ministry. But we're going to use the coffee ministry. Everything that comes in from next week, which is, is it? no, July. July. We're going to start in July. In July, we're going to use everything that comes in, and usually it's about 10 to $12 a week. Well, if it's $10, just a $10 times four weeks is how much? Well, it says about, about, about 52 weeks of the year. Okay, let's do it that way. Ten times that is what? 520. Put that with the $4,500 that we give $5 a month, and we got how much? Oh, we got it, don't we? We have it. And that, that's, that's just $5. Come on now. And many of us can do more, but we, we just talk about just five. We don't want to cramp your lifestyle, right? We just want to give more to, 
to these two organizations, right? Through Life International Outreach. Now, you know, Life Outreach International is what we want to do. Is that a bad thing? We're still going to do, uh, like Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center, we'll still do that. We'll do the bottles, maybe, but baby bottles once a year. We'll do that because we want to increase in that, too. But we're about increasing in the body of Christ, right? It's more blessed to give than to receive. You say, well, we have needs in ourselves. Yeah, we do have needs ourselves. Yes, we do. So that we, we know we're going to give to the trafficking. We know we're going to give to uh, wells. Uh, also, we know we can tithe, right? Help our, that will help our situation, okay? Uh, Ms. Ms. Uh, Harlow, can come up come a minute? And uh, Matt, come up and, and, and so, uh, you'll, you'll sit right here. I got some cushion for you right here. Nice, nice. This is Mrs. Hollow. Uh, she just turned 38. This, this um, week was it? oh. <laughs> hey, uh, your birthday wasn't your birthday what? Friday, Thursday? Okay, Thursday. Is it eight and three? Okay, eight and three. Okay, eight and three. Hey, give her a hand. Eight and three. Come on, come on. <laughs> hey, there you go. Okay. Now, Ms. Hollow, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you this one right here. Uh, there's it right there. And Matt, I'm going to give you this one right here. Okay. Okay, look, Ms. Hollow, I told her I was going to interview her, and, and I know that you all want to go eat. I know that. Uh, but <laughs> I just gave you the message here. Uh, Mrs. Hollow, what I want you to do is share with the congregation just a, just a little bit. Um, not your life story, okay, but <laughs> a little bit. You, one, one time, uh, you were poor. I guess, yes. well, well, I said, well in, in the world's eyes. I was poor twice. Okay, twice, okay. <laughs> uh, put this right up to your mouth and okay. just talk about it. Now, because Miss Hollow has gone from poor to where she is now, uh, uh, she's okay. Fine. She's, I mean, she is okay. Me. Huh? God has blessed us. Yes, she, he, I mean, he has blessed us all, I'm telling you. Tell us a little bit about that, that, that story, okay? Then we get mad, okay? Well, I had two husbands, both of whom, uh, before they left, sold everything they could find. The first husband left me with um, a year, three years arrears in taxes and one year arrear in mortgage, and the other bills weren't paid either. But they were going to sell my house for taxes because, it, and it went in the paper, and somebody told me about it. So I, I had to borrow money from my from my relatives to to get out of immediate trouble. But um, then, then stupid me got married again, <laughs> and uh, without without thinking, without asking God, I was not a Christian at the time without asking God, and the second husband did, did the same thing. Both of them also left me with a second mortgage besides that. So, so I was, I've been through the, you know, the bottom, bottomless pit. But anyway, I, uh, God did give me his, he finally uh, saved me, and uh, my, bro- my son paid, prayed for our whole family to become Christians, and they all are now. But uh, he, he prayed for me. And I became a Christian, and then I wanted to join his church, but his church required tithing. And I thought, well, I have seven children. How am I going to tithe? But 
God gave me a good job. He gave me a brain. He gave me a breath. He gave me everything I needed. And as soon as I could tithe, I started tithing, and I have never quit. And he has blessed me over and over. I mean, not just in money, but he saved me. He saved all of my children. What what else is better than that? (laughs) So uh, I'd have to say that when I tithed, God blessed, and that's what that's what the Bible says. It says, "Honor the Lord with your first fruits, and He will He will take care of you. He will, your stuff will over everything will overflow. You will have everything you need, and more." Oh, that's awesome. Let's give this all a hand, okay? And and, and I'm, I'm telling you that she has gone from the bottom, and I'm telling you she is is well off. She's well off now. But it's because she was obedient way back when, when you, when, when you didn't know that you could, and also you didn't see the results. No, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I believed God. Once, once I became a Christian, I believed God, and I knew that God, I mean, I, I read the rest of that uh, Proverbs 3 where it says, Honor the Lord, and he will bless you. And I believed that. And that's what's important is that you believe that God is trustworthy and he will do what he says. And you said something also. You said, when I could, I started tithing. As soon as I could. As soon as I could. And actually something happened, which doesn't make sense, but the government came over to, to the place where I worked, and what they decided was the women were not getting paid e- equally with the men for the same kind of work. And that's how I got to tithe. God sent the government in to, to give them a hard time to, to tell them that they were being not honest with with their employees and I and that's how I praise God, mm-hmm. praise God. He, he gave you a surprise money <laughs> it was a surprise yeah. it definitely was I was shocked but from then on of course I could tithe and, and how you you are a bookkeeper in the church right yeah how important is it for the church the storehouse here for people to tithe well, it's important because otherwise we're not going to pay our bills and we're going to lose the building. Right. Well, that was point blank. Huh? That's the truth. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> okay. So, so we, we, when I said that, that was one of the steps we do, we're tied. Uh, some of us are in, in, in maybe a position debt-wise or payment-wise that we might can't do it uh, the way we want to right now. Uh, Matt, tell us. Uh, you took Financial Peace University, Dave Rams, and everything. Tell us a little bit how uh, we as a congregation can maybe start working towards that and, and also have money to give more towards these things like the clean water, like things like that. George Mize Ministry, they, they, they give about 10000 a year or whatever, a month or whatever, because they're able to do that. Yep. Okay. Well, absolutely. And uh, if God calls you to, to economize, he's going to give you the strength to do it. It may seem impossible in your mind, but really the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. Um, back in 2008, my wife came to me, and she said we, she'd love to get out of debt, and she'd love to give more. And I'm thinking, that would be great. you know. But I, and I did the budget for, for our house, and uh, it, interesting enough, Sunday morning, the, the following Sunday, Sam is standing up there and saying, for only $90, you can take Financial Peace University and learn, you know, these great tools. And I'm thinking, I have to spend $90 to, to learn something. And, and I thought I had it all figured out. And, and so it's, it's kind of funny just how, how you rationalize it. But we took FPU, 
And, you know, we didn't take any lavish vacations. We didn't have any car payments. And I'm thinking, how, how are we going to economize? How are we going to accomplish, you know, this? And, you know, really the Holy Spirit convicted me in three areas of my life. First was food, because unlike Pastor, I love food. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I learned if I took my lunch to work instead of eating out so much, I could save $100 a month. And so I did. And interesting enough, um, it's nice working for Kroger because we have delis and we have bakeries and we have all kinds of stuff. But whenever I would forget to bring my lunch, I wouldn't, eat, I wouldn't just cheat and go out to Chick-fil-A or something like that. And God always provided a meal for me. And so that was a specific example of how awesome it was. And not only that, but, but about a, the end of last month, we were, were coming close to our food budget, and we had enough. My, my wife really wanted to go to Panera, so we had enough money to, to go there and get my daughter a meal and my wife and me to split a meal, basically. So the cool part, though, is they, they messed up the order, and they gave us the Greek salad with the half chipotle chicken sandwich that I love, but my wife ordered the panini, and we were going to split that. Well, you know what? They remade the order in their era, gave us a Greek salad with a panini and also a Greek salad with a ch- uh, chipotle chicken uh, or chipotle sandwich. And so, and I was like, well, I'll pay for the one that you guys messed up because I really want that. And they, they wouldn't let me. But, but Joel Osteen said, don't, don't pass those up. Those moments are special. And that is a gift from God saying, hey, you did the right thing and he loves you and, and he's going to do that. Uh, the second area was coffee. I am a coffee-aholic. I, I admit it. And I was, I was using Joe Beans and Starbucks way too much. Um, but I was able to actually save $30 a month by, not, by, by making coffee at home. And interesting enough, my wife, you know, was not convicted by the Holy Spirit to give up coffee from Joe Beans, which, which is fine. God, God does that in different ways. But every time I would go by Joe Beans to get her a coffee, at least five times I've gotten a free coffee. They have accidentally made my favorite coffee for me. You know, so and that's that's been really cool. And then then the third area was, you know, I really in 2012, I really wanted to get a smartphone, you know, and and, you know, I really just wanted to do it. And and, you know, I really felt God, the the Holy Spirit was saying, don't do it. But my flesh was saying, do it. And, you know, you have those like polarizing moments sometimes. And I decided, you know, I'm going to listen to God. I'm not going to do it. And two months later, the Kroger paid for my smartphone and, and I was able to get one. And the Holy Spirit at that time, after all that came to realization, made me realize the only reason I wanted a smartphone was to fit in. It wasn't really for, you know, like convenience. It was because I selfishly really wanted to fit in and kind of, you know, stand out in the crowd. And so it was a convicting moment, too. But, but it was a growing moment. And, and, you know, so God's really been able to, to free up about $130 a month for us to be able to pay off debt um, and, and give, give more. And, you know, thank goodness now we've... we've finally paid off all my student loans, we're, we're in a much better place, and, and, and God really has worked amazingness. So, you know, you, you may look at your budget, and you may think, hey, I've got this all figured out, but the Holy Spirit is going to guide you, and he, and he asks different people to do different things, and, and you have to be intentional, and you have to just have faith and step out on it and, and not worry about things, and, and also you have to be intentional with your giving, you know. God is going to God is going to put something on your heart, whether it's new computers for the church or with, whether it's a well or something like that. And, and, and definitely the, the guidance of the church is going to, going to bring you there, too. And, and that's what's so awesome about being a, a part of a body. You know, $5 a month is really not that much for all of us to come together and give to, to be able to build a new well or, or help, uh, you know, sex trafficking and things like that. So it's, God, God really is amazing. Let's give God a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Let's stand. God is good, isn't it? God is good. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.